Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> Welcome to Food for Thought. A podcast gab fest we're in a multiracial mix of queer writers gather around the table to talk about sex, identity, culture, what we like to read, and who we like to read. Food for thought. Don't diet, try it. <laughs> Hi, I'm Tommy Teams Pico. I'm an indigenous American poet, editor, and my booty's so good I say my own name during sex. Ah! I'm Fran, I'm a writer, editor, and I literally just found out that Bella Hadid and Gigi Hadid are not the same person. (laughs) I had no idea. I don't know who either of those people are. That just sounded like syllables. (laughs) I'm Joseph Osmondson, scientist, nonfiction writer, fisting verse, and my sexuality is Sarah Huckabee Sanders! (laughs) Done! And I'm... Dennis Norris II, and I'm a reader, writer, former figure skater, and this one time at band camp, I participated in a circle jerk where we used Tiger Balm as lube. Oh Oh my god. Wow, it's warming. It was tingly. Mm. Oh no. Where's it? Wait, were you jerking your butthole with it? No. Dennis? No. He's a winner. (laughs) Well, Dennis. I do have one, Joe. <laughs> We're going to not think about you, Wiener D, and you're going to tell us what we got on the menu today. <laughs> I am, I am, I am. On tonight's episode, we turn to y'all for a not so tasteful yet delectable impure thought. Yes. Our meat of the discussion is, well, every damn thing. Yep. <laughs> and yep, for yep, dessert, yep. one of us turns into the evil black swan. Guess who? It's Fran. It's Fran. It's Fran. It's Fran. Take it away. Nom 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 thoughts. <laughs> I think it's we should start the top of the show the way any good top should with a little tease. Our uproarious appetizer segment, Amuse Boosh, and to amuse our booshes this week, Joe's got a little game for us. Yeah, this game is a very is going to very much amuse our booshes because it has two things that are lovely uh, to go in our mouths. It is going to be microbrew <laughs> or gay porn, wherein <laughs> I tell you the name of a microbrew. Or a gay porn, you have to guess which is which. So we're just going to go around so, this circle. Wait, this, you're, these are straight words. What is a microbrew? It's it, a is beer. A, it is a beer. beer. Okay, got it. Gross. Um, we're going to go Dennis, Tommy, and taking up the caboose will be Fran. It's like Ooh. a fancy beer? It is. It is well, it's just like, I'm sorry, I'm a, like a locally I'm just, like, made sort of yeah. beer. Okay, no. got yeah. it. Tommy spends a lot of time in Portland, so he knows. I do that um, Portland IPAs and bullshit. We're going <laughs> to start really easy with a little something-something. Is it a beer or a porn? Oh, God. Oh, that's what it's called? Yes. Something, <laughs> something. Some, 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 some. I was like, I also I thought the same thing, Dennis. I was like, yeah, I'm ready for some something, something. Like, this right. is not on um, brand. I'm going to go ahead and say that that's a beer. Yeah. Um, I think Lil Sum Sum is probably a beer. But uh, if it's not a beer, then it's a, it's a it's a gay porn where everyone has a very short dick. 
<laughs> I'll also say beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Way smooth and silky. This special ale is something fairly new <laughs> under the sun. Yes. It's got a lot of wheat. It's rich with hops, and it finishes dry. Love Ooh. it. Next Ooh. up. Love hoppy. Heaven to hell. Porn or microbrew, Dennis? Um, <laughs> porn. Um, uh, Tom is going to say that that is a porn wherein a top becomes a bottom. <laughs> <laughs> the other way around, Tommy. The uh, other way around. I'm also going to say porn here. Heaven to Hell is the epic story of good <gasps> versus evil, of paradise lost and pleasure found. Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. Next up, Old Chub. Old, oh, <laughs> oh, old chub, beer it. or gay porn? I listen. <laughs> I have to say porn because the truth is the chubby chasers need love too. Yes. <laughs> and also Come the through, old chubs. chubs, the old chubs too. They yeah. need love. Yes, they do. fuck this ageist culture. Um, actually, you know what? I'm gonna say. That is a a particularly what's the is there an opposite of hoppy? Um, malty? malty, yeah. Malty. I would say malty. it's a very malty, it's a malty beer. beer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm gonna say it's a beer that's either deeply aware of itself or deeply unaware of itself. <laughs> <laughs> this jaw-dropping Scottish strong ale yeah! is brewed with bodacious amounts of malted barley and specialty grains and a dash of beechwood smoked malt. Yeah, so it's a malty so, beer. That's and it's, like, and it's deeply unaware. It's, it is. <laughs> so amazing. I was also right. Um, I'm like I'm, slight, I'm slightly <laughs> disappointed. I was gonna be like Joe. Send me. Send me Next send me up, <laughs> barely legal. <laughs> Oh, okay. Um, I mean, since that's like obviously a porn category, I'm gonna go ahead <laughs> and hope that someone was brilliant enough to name their microbrew after that. Mm. I'm, I'm gonna say that is a what's it called? Barely legal. Okay, so it's um, it's um, it's a like very young. It's all otters. Bar- it's a porn <laughs> otters. Yeah. Barley legal. Um, I'm going to say both. <laughs> um, it is very cloudy, orange rust colored with almost no head. It has a yes! nice smell of figs, raisins, and other dark fruit. And it's called barely legal because it has a very high alcohol content, like the highest alcohol content uh, a beer can but have. Please, please like, tell what, me they, they, also, the please tell me they spell it B-E-A-R, though. Uh, no. Uh, I no. hate. That's no, a missed opportunity. Almost adults. Uh, wait, almost adults? <laughs> almost adults. Okay. Um, I mean, I'm just gonna go ahead and say that that's some classic hairless twink porn. You know, I'm not into s- it, but I'm gonna me. I'm gonna agree. I almost adult, but that's just that's it's such a tacky title. So, right. It's so yeah, on the nose. It really is. I'm gonna say porn as well. Almost adults isn't perfect, the review says, but there's a lot to love about a film that sidesteps so many traditional lesbian movie tropes. Yes! <laughs> including, the review says, no one dies. Oh. oh. That's a, death is a traditional lesbian trope? I don't know. Oh my God. In lesbian know. porn? What? Yes. Producer Alex. Uh, not <laughs> lesbian <laughs> porn. I was say, I've, I've definitely never seen lesbian porn. No offense. And no, lesbian I think I movies, will. the lesbian always dies. Um, oh. Oh. Next up, Absolute Arid. Absolute arid, Dennis. Get that rosé out of your mouth and answer the question. (laughs) I'm sorry. I don't like beer. I need to wash the taste out of my mouth. Um, Absolutely arid. I'm going to say that that is definitely, definitely a porn. It's gotta be porn. I think it's a very dry, hoppy beer. Mm. I'm also gonna say beer. Falcon Studios presents its new (laughs) double hitter, direct to you from Australia. Out of of the primordial ooze comes this surefire hit. Our latest two partner offers a stellar cast, beautiful faces, and physiques too hot to ignore. I was gonna gonna guess the studio was Bellamy. 
Wow. But um, Falcon makes sense. I love this game so much more than beer. <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty delicious. Up next is Golden Shower. Golden Shower, Dennis. I mean, again, that ha- that's too on the nose to be a porn. It's got to be a beer. Some Someone with a wonderful sense of humor has to have made that a beer. That's both. I think it's both. I think it's a. Uh, oh, that's a good, I think it's a probably yeah. a tradition of gay porn titles. Mm-hmm. Each yeah, one yeah, of them yeah. thinking they're the first one to have come up with that's it. That's right. <laughs> and it's also, it's also yeah. got to be like some weedy beer. Weedy. Oh, I thought it was like a light, like a light ale, like a pale ale. Oh. Golden Shower is brewed with all continental pilsner malt and hopped with the finest noble hops. Oh. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> the next one's tricky. Hopper bottom. Black <laughs> cock. Dennis. Oh my god. Oh, Dennis is like, where? Oh, <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> I mean, I don't have to look very far. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I, I, I need that. I need that. I'm going to go teeps here and say that's got to be both. I really hope it's not a beer. I really hope it's not I, a beer. That is a beer I would drink. <laughs> Same. It's a beer that I would have complicated feelings about. <laughs> It pours a dark amber and has a three-finger head. Oh, my God. It is a beer. It is a beer. Wow. Next up, Black Cock Down. Dennis. Oh, that. Okay. It's amazing. I mean... That I mean, that came out two days after Black Hawk Down. Like, <laughs> we, can, we can all assume. Really fast turnaround to, to the production. A, yeah. Yes, I got yeah. it. All respect to the pun. You know what yeah. I'm talking about? Really, that is truly. Definitely a porn. It's amazing. Uh, this parody of Black Hawk Down will show you just how hard war can be. Oh. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm going to Joe is like, I'm having so, so much fun. pleased with himself. I'm having so much fun. <laughs> Next up, Mustache Ride. Oh wow! Um, I, I that is a porn that I would enjoy. So I'm gonna <laughs> send out um, the vibes that I'm hoping it's a porn. It's gotta be too. It's gotta be a beer. I'm it's gonna, gotta be. A beer. Yeah, I'm gonna like a beer, a spicy beer. It's, it's brownish, spicy and adjective for beer. <laughs> it is. It's brownish red hues cast deep mahogany oh. low light as it sheds a creamy lather of foam. Ew. Settling into the middle palate, the sweetness relaxes the fruity center of this beer. You're describing the beer like porn. I did not it's write really these. Well I did not write no, you're these. Lying. No, no, these are reviews. All of these are reviews oh, from beer review websites. I did not write that. MacArthur <laughs> Genius Grant. Yeah, this, this, <laughs> this is found art. <laughs> yeah. This Next amazing. up, Soft Dookie. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm dumbstruck. I, I, I truly don't even know how to I've handle been, this. I've been wanting I'm to do dead. this game for weeks, and everyone I'm has dead. been like, "No, that sounds stupid." No, I'm no one dead. has said that. You no, piece of shit. we said, Soft "Joe, dookie? you sound stupid." We didn't say the game sounded stupid. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the problem is 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 that I work at a place where there are young children, and I saw a number of soft dookies today. So oh, I'm oh my god. god! I'm going to go ahead and assume that that is. Is a uh, beer. I think soft dookie is a beer, also with a very high alcohol concent, uh, concentration, so that you know it gets your um, it rumbles in your jungle. It rumbles yeah. in your jungle. It helps to create a soft. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 just, it's a buy one get one free. At this point, I'm just gonna agree with anything Teebs says. <laughs> 
on the tongue, it is a different... Remember, I did not write this. It is a different beast altogether. Thick and syrupy, crawling low to the palate and intense. The taste is moderate and not too sweet, expressing dark fruits like fig, but in a restrained and powerful fashion. The fact that these are real reviews added such a new layer to to this Real reviews. I mean, they're all done by homosexuals. All the listeners are now rewinding and (laughs) re-listening to all of the Just jerking off. Jerking off with with beer as lube right now. Yeah, no, the the people who write copy for beer definitely also moonlight in erotica. Yes, <laughs> yes for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up is Miami Spice. Miami Spice. Oh. Um, ugh, Tampa could have used some Miami Spice. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say that that's a, a beer. A, a, a spicy beer. Yeah. Um, I think Miami Spice is a porn. <laughs> I'm <laughs> Very matter of fact, I will also say yes to porn. Sexy police detectives go undercover and undercovers yes. to bust some dirty coke dealers. Yeah. Uh, not just some... regular detectives, but police detectives. <laughs> police, <sexy laughs> for, police detectives. For all our listeners out there, I, I both love policemen and dirty Dennis. coke dealers. Dennis! Oh just FYI. Dennis. Just now. FYI. That's just just to be clear, again, that is Dennis, Dennis. saying that and yes. no one else. Wait, Dennis. what did Dennis Smith say about Dennis? Uh, <laughs> it was like, don't let your pussy live in a police Don't Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I need Dinez right now. Decolonize Dinez. your pussy, Dennis. Oh, God. I can't. There are two left. Okay. Is everybody ready? Yeah, well, no, but yes. Um, <laughs> Dennis, do you want to take a sip of rosé before? Yes. Shart pants. Shart pants. <laughs> <laughs> I put this one in I just mean, for Teebs. Also, also known as, as Joe's next memoir. But I'm going to go ahead. <laughs> no. But I'm going to go ahead and say that that is a porn. Wow. Wow. I really, really hope it is not a porn. I really hope it's a beer. <laughs> I really hope it's a porn. <laughs> This beer goes in a lot of directions and all at once. With all the refreshingly vibrant taste, it reasons that the ale's mouthfeel is medium and creamy. (laughs) I didn't write that! No! Yes. You copywriters should be ashamed of yourself. (laughs) And last up, cream. Oh. (laughs) That's the sound that Dennis makes when he creams. 100, 100%. And I'm going to go ahead and say that one is both. We've got mm. a twofer. You know what, D? I'm going to pick up what you're putting down. I think mm-hmm. it's a twofer. I think it's both. I think it's both, but only with the alternate spelling of creme. Creme. <laughs> <laughs> Accent aigu. Um, I, I had a really hard time figuring out the both ones because I had to stop Googling gay porn in my office today, <laughs> to be honest with you. Uh, it is a porn, and the subtitle is Look at All That Cream. <laughs> Thank you so much for playing, Thoughts. Wow, I am forever changed. <laughs> oh my God. Never going to drink a beer the same. Dead. Dead. For our next segment, we threw it to our fans on social media to tell us some of their impure thoughts. And I believe Fran is a few to share with us. That's right. Thank you far and wide for sending us so many stories that it took like you four dirty hours monsters. to like read through all these. It was the time of my life. Nasty we love y'all. Y'all are the true thought masters. This first one comes all the way from, in their words, Salt Lake Shitty. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I'm ready. They say, all my friends and I would climb our church's roof to look out on the Holy Land and talk about our aggressively heterosexual Mormon lives. <laughs> One Christmas, I was visiting from college and messaged a really hot RM, which is a um, acronym for returning missionary. Ooh. Maybe commonly used in like gay Mormon culture. I don't know. Gay Mormons come at us. Let us let us know. RM. Um, <clears throat> oh no, RM they're, they're, they, I think Mormons have to do a mission. They have a to, year yeah, of missionary yeah, yeah. work. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so they were. I guess he, he was returning on. Um, and they met up on Grinder. And maybe um, he, you know, he had as he was right. returning, and so he was like well seasoned. He had been traveled right. and he potentially like, for Mormon reasons, and neither of them could host. Um, so <laughs> I took him to the church roof. Wow. And wow. turns out he was, he might've gone to bring him young, but he was bring him hung. <laughs> wow. yes, this, he person, was. this person can take over my job on the show. Oh this person God. can just come make <laughs> these puns on the show. Gave each other rooftop handies. He came on the <laughs> lower half of my shirt and like their shirts are like really important. Um, <laughs> those, sta- uh, those stains then, then necessitated the creation of my very first crop top. Aww. Um, yes. Uh, they also say I came on the church's roof. Feels fitting to know a small part of me is still with the church. Oh, wow. Oh. Wow. Wow. Twists and turns with that, that one. That sounds like I a first so communion. I am here <laughs> for you. <laughs> Baptize me, Zaddy. Baptize yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, those waters are murky. That was that. Yeah, <laughs> everything. Church was, sex is like the best sex. I Dennis, really, have you ever had church sex? Well, I I was a little too young to be having sex, so I didn't really have sex. But heavy petting, mouths going places. Yeah. So, so yeah, sneaking so church out, church face and hand stuff. Church, <laughs> church face. And, I guess church oral sex. I guess. Yeah, that counts. That yeah, can, that, that counts. Yeah. I, I definitely sex. had a heavy petting makeup yeah. session in it. Yeah, sanctuary. it's extra hot when it's just so illegal. Yeah, yeah. It's not literally illegal, but forbidden. Yeah, For, the forbidden fruit. <laughs> um, okay, <clears throat> I really like this one. It felt very me because it was not very sexual. Um, <laughs> when I was 15, I got high for the first time with the twink from my Boy Scout troop. Ooh. Um, it. We made out and awkwardly rubbed up against each other. Love the fraudage game. Um, mm-hmm. We l- rubbed up against a bunch, and then he was like, let's watch a movie. And I was like, okay, what do you want to watch? And we go downstairs, and he pulls out the famously undeserving winner of the 78th like, Annual Academy Awards for Best Picture, Crash. <laughs> No! I knew nothing about this movie aside from the fact that it was, quote, about race and that it was apparently bad, but I decided to come at it with an open mind. And this boy had given me weed and let me touch his his clothed dick and whatever. And so we cuddled. (laughs) We cuddled and watched what was apparently his, quote, favorite movie. No, no, no. We are both white, he says. And I'm trying to be cute and shit, but I kept getting distracted by how fucking stupid this movie is. Like, I was 15 and I I didn't know a lot about race, but there was this this scene where Thandie Newton is saved from the burning burning wreckage of her car. And the white cop just so happens to be the same white cop that publicly has sexually assaulted her and is also a racist. And it's like... And anyways, the person says, it's supposed to be a beautiful moment, but she, like, forgives him, and we're all human. Anyways, but this twink was weeping through my t-shirt, and I'm... (laughs) And I was so high, I wasn't even sure if the movie was really happening. (laughs) 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 So I kept my mouth shut. I later later had to watch it for a moral philosophy class, and it was even worse than I had realized. Anyways, this wasn't really a sex story. I just think about it a lot. (laughs) To be 100% honest, if I had been 15 at that point, I would have been the twink crying 
yes, from his Dennis. shirt. Yeah, I think that's true. That's yeah. I, have you ever had a a, a, a session where a, a, a sex session where <laughs> like you ended yeah. up watching a movie that was like wildly inappropriate I mean, to what you were doing? I, my ex and I, um, we have been meaning to see How to Survive a Plague for months and months and months. Yeah, and when it was you like, we had, watch while we fucking, had, we had a Valentine's Day date, and I like cooked all this food, and we were like, let's finally watch that documentary that we've been meaning to watch. And we watched How to Survive a Plague, and then just kind of looked at each other, like, and we're like, we're well, we're just gonna go to bed now. <laughs> <laughs> I remember um, one time with an ex. Uh, you know, he like he was like deeply like what you do every single time, which is like, oh, just find something on Netflix, and like we're not gonna agree on anything, so just pick something. And so then he like picks something, and he's kind of watching, and then I kind of straddle him, and you know, we had just been eating burritos, and it was like very, I was very comfortable with this man, and I kind of miss him sometimes. But um, <laughs> so like, straddling and making out like da da da, and then he like flips me over, and you know, you know, he starts eating me out, and I look up, and it's that flight United, whatever the one about nine. 11 like oh, <laughs> like, Tina his ass oh. eaten to 9/11. Wow. getting his ass eaten to And I was like wow. I was like you need wow. to shut this shit the fuck wow. up. Wow. 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 I don't I don't like fucking during movies. I'm like can no. we pause the movie no. and then fuck and then resume <clears throat> the movie? One time I had a, a, a simultaneous orgasm with my partner at the very end of Princess Mononoke and that is a really <laughs> weird fucked up movie to have an orgasm to that's that's, yes. that's weird I'm just gonna say um, I a few months ago this isn't a movie but I brought a guy back home to my apartment and we definitely started during Grace and Frankie we were like, oh we're going to watch Grace and Frankie. And then... Love that your hookups have slapstick comedy with the charisma of Jane Fonda and yeah, I was going to say, I feel, I, to be honest, I feel like Lily and Jane would hear this and, and be very proud of they themselves for facilitating it. Is this yeah. love that you're feeling? Wow. You know um, what? <laughs> if he hadn't have moved, we might could have been something. Let's do one more. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this one has a really good start. All right. On a snowy February after the second inauguration of President Obama, Ooh, my ex-girlfriend... Ooh, already. I know, me too. <laughs> just like ready, just horny. All of us are horny. My ex-girlfriend invited me to her birthday party. I was picked up because I refused to drive in the snow. I am Southern and these honkies can't drive. <laughs> the party is going great, but her boyfriend got very jealous because we were really close the whole night. She knows that I'm queer AF and he knows that I'm queer AF, but the bottles of old English can make any prescriptive any perception a reality. Ooh. Oh. Yeah, because those are 40s. Bottle uh, of old English, <laughs> that's a That's 40s. like so much. Um, they get into a huge fight, screaming and cursing, all because my gay ass was being chummy with my friend. She decides to leave the party and drive two hours away to the mountains, leaving me with her boyfriend. Wow. What? What, no. what a shitty ex. She says, I couldn't handle the drama, so I drank and had some herbal medication <laughs> in the middle and in the middle of the night the boyfriend finds me and apologizes for the drama he asked if there was anything he could do to make it no. up to me oh oh now mm -hmm. my ex-girlfriend and i have been best friends since middle school she means the world to me and i would never want to be betray her or her trust but that bench left me and took the only transportation oh. i had home so i rode his dick like spongebob rode those rocks oh. to the back of bikini bottom <laughs> Oh my yes, God. you do what you have to do. Wait, this is the best part. After we finished, I needed a cab ride home. He was dead asleep because my goodies bring the boys to the yard. <laughs> <laughs> and um, puts them to bed shortly after. I took $200 oh <laughs> for a $15 God. cab ride and spent the rest of the money getting Chipotle for the next month. <laughs> Hashtag self-care. Uh, this person... 
person wow. is a yes. certified thought. We would be friends. Uh, we would be friends literally. In real life. Though I read, I read this yeah. and I was like, did Teebs no. ghost <laughs> I mean, That's so this you. person that needs to be a life friend. coach. That's not. Teebs. I think it's a, a nice I little mix steal. of <laughs> Yes, I, I would steal. I don't know what you're suggesting. <laughs> that I, Tommy wouldn't steal. <laughs> That's not the part of the story that Tommy wouldn't do. I feel like Tommy wouldn't use I, the sex for revenge. Oh, I would. I love revenge sex. I know you would. Yeah. Would I? I? Can and I don't will. Think so, As teams. a byproduct, revenge could happen. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> nice little plug. I was gonna say, Tommy's gonna not. Tommy's not gonna not do it just because revenge. Yeah. Right. Also, not gonna do it. The no I, moral quandaries. The thing that I wouldn't do is go out to a place where I only had one ride home. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if I if I had somebody who would like True. leave, I would. I just. I would make sure that I had several different exits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. This message comes from iHeartRadio sponsor Mercury Insurance. If you're looking to save some money, you should really think about getting a quote from Mercury because Californians save an average of $677 with Mercury. It's quick and easy, and in just a few minutes, you might find you could save a lot of money on your auto and home insurance. Plus, Mercury was named one of America's best insurance companies by Insure.com four years in a row. Low rates, big discounts, great insurance. Go to MercuryInsurance.com today to get a quote. It's crazy how much we have to pay for outdated, impersonal health care, and even crazier that we all just accept it. It's time to face facts. Healthcare is backwards. Luckily, there's Forward, a new approach to primary care that's surprisingly personal and refreshingly straightforward. Forward never makes you feel like just another patient. Backed by top-rated doctors and the latest tech, Forward gives you access to personalized care whenever you need it. Using in-depth genetic analysis and real-time blood work, Forward's top-rated doctors provide you with in-depth insights to better understand your genetics, mental, and physical health. They then create custom, easy-to-understand plans to help guide you to achieving long-term health. With Forward, you get unlimited in-person visits with your doctor and access to care anytime via the Forward app, all for one flat monthly fee. It's time to stop accepting backwards health care and start moving your health forward. Visit GoForward.com today to learn more. That's GoForward.com. At Capella University, education is as smart as the world around us. With the FlexPath format, you can take classes at your own pace, set your own deadlines, and even leverage your previous experience to move faster. Now that's smart. Learn more at Capella.edu. Hey, I'm Gabrielle Collins, period drama nerd, and your behind-the-scenes guide to Bridgerton. On Bridgerton, the official podcast, we're learning how this fantasy world dipped in history came to life. Daphne, her costume design really is about the elegance of simplicity. It's just color and shape. We went old school and we got two scenic artists in who painted the backings for us by hand. These dukes are all like in their late 20s, early 30s. Almost all of them are unmarried. Really good looking and none of them have syphilis. Can you imagine when he looks into your eyes and then he dips you? We just heard this sort of ripping sound. Yep, I think there's just been a wardrobe malfunction. Listen to Bridgerton, the official podcast, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you get your favorite shows. Um, thank wow. you all so much. Y'all are, y'all are a treat. Y'all are spectacular. Spectacular. You guys are spectacular. Stay your treat. spectacular selves. 
here at Food for Thought, we always say that this podcast was brought to you by Rosé, but today mm. it was also brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace! And we're going to play one of our favorite games, Squarespace Template, or Thought We Fucked. <laughs> <laughs> so, get ready. Tremont. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's I think it's a, a Squarespace template. It's, I think it's a thought that Joe has fucked. Absolutely, I, someone Joe has I fucked. I think it's a dancer that Joe has <laughs> fucked. <laughs> Y'all are all racist. That's you know what? It is in fact a Squarespace template. <laughs> it's a Squarespace template that Joe would fuck. <laughs> there we go. As long as it's the first top. What about Jade? Jade. 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 That's got to be a, t- a template. That's a template. I'm gonna call it a template. Yeah. It's a thought that Joe has fucked. Oh, <laughs> okay, Joe. Okay, okay, full disclosure, it's a, a girl I had a crush on in college that I did not sleep with, but I really like her name. Yeah, she does that have a really a good, good name. name. Mm-hmm. What about Hampton? <laughs> well, Hampton makes me think of hamper, and that's a thing you put things into, so I think it's a thought. <laughs> who it has, who is the thought has fucked, I'm gonna say is Dennis. <laughs> well... Wait, if you put things in, does that mean it's a bottom thought? Because I don't fuck no bottoms. Mm. <laughs> Dennis's butt is called Hampton. It's just things go in there. Oh my god, Ham- Hampton Inn. Would anyone like to come stay at the Hampton Inn? Oh my god. Um, I've got a place go- for you in the Hamptons this weekend. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say it's a thought that Joe has fucked. I th- listen, I don't. I think if it's if someone's fucked that person, it's definitely Fran. It was me. It was Fran. Oh my god! And honestly, he he was great. And I can confirm, I did put some things into him. <laughs> some things, plural. <laughs> so, anyways, you can head to squarespace.com/slash thot thot for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code thot to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Yes. Yes. Mm. It's time we get to the meat of our discussion, the thought process spelled T-H-O-T. And this week, we're going to do some tapas. That's right. We're doing things a little <laughs> bit differently today. So we're crawling toward the ends of our end of our season here. And uh, we thought it would be fun if um, we took on, um, as Tommy was saying, some small plates mm, for the thought yeah. process. So instead yeah. of doing one unified discussion on a singular topic, we, uh, as Food for Thought, get a lot of emails, get a lot of tweets, get a lot of things saying, can you talk about this? Can you talk about this? Can you talk about this? And sometimes we're like, hmm, we really want to tackle this, but we're not sure if there's time left in the season. So we're going to put a pin in it with the conversation here and talk about it for five minutes. And Alex, our producer, is going to put us on the clock. She's going to time us five minutes on each topic. I want to run through five topics. I know, I'm really nervous. My anxiety disorder is just through the roof right now. (laughs) I am so here for it. I'm getting really competitive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Everything is going to be a Tommy monologue. Get your your thoughts in, bitch. (laughs) That's right. Oh, God, I like, I feel like this is what people must do when they do sports. So our goal is to get as many little morsels, as many digestible little tidbits into a singular five-minute conversation as we can. Mm, my um, appetite is peaked. Yes! <laughs> and on the clock, we're starting off with drag. Let's talk about drag culture. It's so funny because, like, only half of us really watch drag. We don't talk about it that much on the show yeah. because, like, you know, we're all just kind of, it's not something that we're all unanimously agreed upon uh, mm-hmm. in, in terms of, like, how it is. And, you know, a lot of our problems with drag um, 
manifested in a very public way in which RuPaul said some transphobic shit um, this year. It was really disgusting. If you're not aware of what happened, RuPaul said basically that trans women can't do drag um, and that uh, trans was a matter of biology and what what was in your pants and And, and, not a matter of your talent or your passion for the craft. And and as soon as you get a boob job, it's the markers of like your body are like what allow you to not do drag. So many different ways that RuPaul (laughs) just fucked up. It's really hypocritical on RuPaul's part because RuPaul is a person who's always like id and identity and ego and all these ways in which it's like I mean and punk it's you know yeah. drag is a punk yeah. RuPaul um, got to start by like plastering photos all over New York that said yeah. RuPaul is everything RuPaul but, is like he was think, promoting himself which is uh, the part of drag that I have a problem with actually it, it is that like if everything is up for grabs, then what is drag's um, stance on cultural appropriation? Right. Mm. That yeah, I thought about that a lot because I think that um, I don't know. I just think it's really challenging to think about the way sometimes as gay men our culture deals with women, right. and so then we take drag, and I'm like, I don't know if I'm totally comfortable with this because like. We have issues sometimes with having women in gay spaces, but then we're doing drag and it's this this elevated, exaggerated kind of thing. I was really surprised at what RuPaul said, but I don't really watch the show. Right. So, like, I maybe wasn't aware of, like, indicators that he would say this kind of thing. It's I was surprising. not surprised yeah, at all. No, no, it's just no. such yeah. a confirmation of, of how much inherent misogyny exists within yeah, yeah, yeah. the culture of I drag. Do, yeah. I have a question, though. I think that when we're talking about drag, especially in the gay community, has RuPaul and the show being so big and such a crossover hit, so many straight people get together and mm-hmm. watch it. Has it hurt the institution of drag or has it helped the institution of drag? Um, Both. Because here's the thing is that there are just too many chillins out there that just like can name every single Rue girl that has ever been on the show, but they can't name a single girl in their own community. And Mm -hmm. that, as Trixie Mattel says, um, saying you love Rue girls, but you don't know any in your own community is like Mm -hmm. being like, I love singing, but I only watch American Idol. Like, yep. uh, I don't yep. listen to any music except what's on American Idol. It's like, that's fucking stupid. Yeah. That's yeah. not how we should be consuming art. And one of the things that I think is the part of success of drag is that she's elevating artists that are elevating other people. Like, yep. the, mm-hmm. our reigning queen, Sasha Velour, is, like, constantly incorporating drag kings, non-binary um, performers, cabaret dancers, burlesque dancers, like, every, people all across the gender spectrum into the culture of her drag. Yeah. And saying, it's for everyone, and if you don't think that, then you're not doing drag. Which also goes to show that not everyone who's on the show is thinking about drag and thinking about gender in the same way that Rue is. Exactly. Because you have some mm-hmm. of the queens on the show who are elevating all different kinds of people. And it it's an affirmation of the fact that this is a world that's ultimately accessible to so many different people. And yeah. some of them have come out as trans. And some exactly. of them have come out as trans. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Um, and I do think, I'm thinking about my friend Charlene, who put out this amazing essay in response to um, RuPaul's so horrible statement. And if you haven't read it, it's up on BuzzFeed. It's on a bunch of different places, but just Google Charlene. Um, she said, it's not just that the fame and success that comes to a queen after appearing on Drag Race is being withheld from trans women who want their slice of the pie. Is that trans women baked the pie and RuPaul sold it to straight people. Mm. Ru would probably be the first to agree that the primary tenet of drag is turning gender into a fart joke. Uh, so good. Go yeah. Google Charlene. On us, another note, Katya. Katya! Hello. If you Hello. want to come on this show, we are here for you. You want to talk about anything you want, we are here for you. Also, Adore, mm-hmm. the only season of Drag Race that I ever watched, I watched because of Adore Delano, because I saw <sighs> a I saw a preview for it, and and um, Adore was making a joke about Selena, because one of the queens uh, was going to do Selena uh, for Snatch Game, she's like, what are you going to do? Get Eat a medium piece and get shot by Yolanda? And I was like, <laughs> oh my God. Woo! 
Who are you? I watched I watched the entire thing. Like the, one of the cleverest, funniest people yeah, yeah, yeah. I've ever seen on TV. Do you, do you guys feel that way? I, I think that even one of the things about drag that is magical is that even people who don't quote unquote love drag always mm-hmm. will find a drag queen that is their version of drag, that is their person that they you know, for yeah, you it's a joke like, queen. Yeah, but also like Adore is also super punk and like doesn't exactly. doesn't do the the super girly girl shit. And I was just like, that is I would be friends with you. Exactly. Wow, that was perfect. All right. Uh, next up, it's a mini Joe O the Science Ho segment. We're going to discuss HIV AIDS and in particular the changing nature of HIV stigma. Uh, we're obviously in quite a new era in the last four or five years. We've had the release of Truvada, which HIV negative people can take. We have uh, to maintain their negative status. We have PEP, which you can take after uh, risk, unprotected risky sex if you're not on PrEP. Uh, and also, we have this notion of undetectable, which is mm-hmm. HIV-positive people who are controlling the infection with drugs, and it's essentially uh, everyone, the science community, even the CDC has now agreed that it's essentially impossible to transmit the virus if you're undetectable, right? Exactly. So um, it really have been, these have been tectonic shifts in how we understand uh, HIV-AIDS, and yet there's an ongoing HIV-AIDS crisis that is super driven by race, class, and geography, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Regions in the rural south are are seeing huge numbers of new cases of HIV-positive people. In some of these places... Uh, it is likely that you are diagnosed with HIV and AIDS at the same time, which means you've been HIV positive for many, many years Mm. without Mm. that being flagged and treated. Uh, People are dying of AIDS. Mm -hmm. It is 2018 and people are dying of AIDS, right? Not to mention that the White House currently has no sitting council for the HIV AIDS. They've either Mm -hmm. been dismissed or they quit because they're like, clearly the president has no interest in taking this off. And so in in the country as it is now, it's a patchwork where like in New York City, the city is super committed to undetectable uh, PEP and PrEP to get Mm -hmm. people with their numbers very low if they're positive and on PrEP if they're not so that we have essentially like no transmission in New York. That's the whole goal. And the city has a shit ton of money behind it. They're doing a pretty good job. Mm. But if you live in rural Indiana, Mm-mm. No, no, right? Um, yeah. And so, you know, I think that, the, and I think, uh, again, I want to talk about criminalization, right? Michael Johnson, um, backslash Tiger Mandingo, is still in jail mm-hmm. in Missouri following a super homophobic and racist and a-scientific, like they fucked up everything on the science in his trial um, for you know, um, exposing people to HIV, right? So we live in this world where it's this bifurcation, where in some places in New York City, I've had like three hookups in the last month uh, where we go on dates and then like literally I'm about to stick my dick in them and they're like, by the way, I'm HIV positive and undetectable. And I'm like, great! And then we just plow, right? Yeah. And that's like, a, that feels fucking incredible. But you're ahead of a lot of people lot that have people. stigmas still, regardless of the new information, yeah. against yeah. people living with HIV. And that's, yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's just like, we here on this show go take this information disseminate yes. it like mm-hmm. go tell all your friends tell everybody. people still don't understand that it's untransmittable that and then they'll put healthy. like things on their 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 apps where it's just like healthy or whatever like clean, yeah. Yeah. clean. 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 Right. if you have clean That's on your most app, offensive fuck, fuck you off. take yeah. that off but also I think that one of the interesting things that some HIV scholars are talking about now is now uh, undetectable is a desirable status that makes people mm-hmm. who aren't able to control their infection for whatever mm-hmm. reason access to healthcare for mm-hmm. example mm-hmm. Uh, health insurance then those people are sort of living as second-class HIV-positive citizens. Mm-hmm. So even the notion of undetectable isn't without sort of its, its problems. Own you know? Yeah, yeah. Dennis. One of the well, just one of the things that I am like so grateful for with all of this new information um, is the fact that like 
when all of this started coming out, when PEP started coming out in prep, I began to realize my own, like, fears around mm. sex. And just because mm-hmm. I think growing up gay in our generation meant that, like, from the very beginning, yeah. yep. you were just being told about HIV and AIDS and how scary it was and how, like, you had to be super careful yep. for your sex. Like we were, we were, like, we were children in the we 80s were and chil- 90s. We, yeah. yeah, we were children in the 80s and 90s. And so there were, like... When I think about, like, straight people that are contemporaries of mine, like, like they could have a slip-up and not have safe sex and not be so scared. But that was, like, not an option for me when I was younger, right? And so yeah. just the idea of unlearning fear around yeah. sex, period, is so liberating. I'm having unprotected sex. And it's one thing that dr- drove me to be in a relationship. I love unprotected sex, right? And mm-hmm. I felt like I had to have a boyfriend to do that safely. And now it's actually very healthy for me to not be in a relationship right now. And it's very <laughs> healthy for me to have unprotected sex in a way where I'm managing my risk and keep mm-hmm. reminding yourself of that it's and healthy for you to not be in a relationship because <laughs> <right laughs> you still ho osmondson uh, she is ho osmondson it up i had like gonorrhea twice in the last two months you know <laughs> there are certain boundaries that it's okay to have <laughs> that people would actively encourage <laughs> and there we have it and that's it <laughs> meh, meh, meh. you can cut out the gonorrhea bit <laughs> or don't no. or don't why are you so all of a sudden shy about this STD I'm, that I'm you not, have. I wanted her to leave that in. The me saying you could cut out the gonorrhea bit can stay in. <laughs> so shifting gears, we're now going to talk about something that we like to call how to train your whiteness. <laughs> we are constantly getting DMs and questions from our devoted murder of thoughts trying to figure out how they can do better with their whiteness or with their maleness or with all of the different privileges that they have. And we We're get talk about that. so many DMs, so many tweets, so many emails that are like, I'm white. What do I do? It's just like this existential, Kill right? yourself. <laughs> no. <laughs> Joe, the white person on this podca- podcast said that, just that, for the record. <laughs> um, that is not the answer. <laughs> we not the answer. are not advising that. But what I want to talk about really quickly is um, this story that came out a little, like a few months ago. Featuring the actress Octavia Spencer and the actress Jessica Chastain. Because basically what happened was, um, everyone knows that, period, in Hollywood, white women make less than men. And women of color make less than white women. Mm -hmm. And so the two of them are friends from when they did The Help. And they were pitching a movie together. And in their conversation, um, Octavia Spencer just sort of, I think, casually basically said, well, you know, black women make even less than white women. And when Jessica Chastain started to learn about this and and saw how true it was, she made it like a personal mission for her to make sure that the two of them and everyone else on the cast, they used what's called a favored nation strategy in that deal so that everyone would get paid equally. Mm. And the thing that really impressed me so much about that is that the person who had the most power in that setting was Jessica yeah. Chastain. Mm-hmm. And... She was a white woman, and she could have turned her head the other way, or she could have said, oh, I hope you work that out, and taken her check and kept it moving. And that's what people do a lot, even people who have the right ideas about things. But this was a situation where she made this idea personal to her. Mm-hmm. Like, it was it was a personal, important um thing for her to make sure that Octavia Spencer got paid in the same way that she was getting paid. Because equality should be a personal matter for everyone. And so the moral of the story for me is just this idea that it's about more than just like espousing the ideas and rhetoric. Mm -hmm. It's about taking actions that you can take 
with your privilege. Yes. Mm-hmm. And thinking too about like when when <clears throat> white people are like, oh, I just want to know more. I want to do better. I, you know, and asking questions and, mm-hmm. and being like, well, you know, you have to understand what you're asking. You have to understand that if you're asking that of a person of color, that is a form of labor that then they're, they're then going to have to do for you. So be conscious mm-hmm. of that. And then mm-hmm. also be conscious of the, like what you could get from Google mm-hmm. or some mm-hmm. sort of a self-initiative. Mm-hmm. And is, can you get that answer without... Right. Asking for more labor from a person. Absolutely. Of color. Don't be afraid to ask people of color questions. But like Tommy said, Google. And second, if they decline, don't be offended. Mm-hmm. Don't be downtrodden. Don't be like yeah. hurt. Or like, if they ask you to Google. Yeah. You know, if you're like, if you're like, oh, can you give me some uh, trans artists that are you're into right now? If they're like, well, you can actually take that to Google. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the other thing is that a lot of people that are coming to us with these questions are saying, oh, but like when I do delve in, I feel like I'm not saying the right thing, or I feel like I'm shot down, or I feel like it's very hard. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, it is. It hard. is really. It hard. is hard. That's correct. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's how it's supposed to be. You have to remember that people who have less power than you are uncomfortable all the time. Mm-hmm. We are anxious all the time. We have no choice but to be extremely aware and now that you white person are paying attention and are starting to care about what is happening around you you're feeling that anxiety too and, a- and that is the cost of paying attention welcome yes, yes. this is welcome. what it feels and like. It's like yeah it's like imagine having that discomfort all day every day mm-hmm. every day and remember that for those of us who are helping you out who are giving you the tips who are telling you what you should be doing or telling you to find google or telling you what books to read we all got Venmo accounts. We all got yes. PayPal accounts. This shit is labor, you, and we need to be paid. You it's have, true. That's exactly what I was going to say. I was like, hi, hello, white people. Here are a few things that we need from you now. One, your money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Two, to be employed by you. Yeah. We yes. don't want you to be our boss. We want to be your boss. Oh, Thank you. Yes. Three, we need your attention, your advocacy, or do you to care about anti-racist bullshit on a daily basis. Yes. And then... Then, number four, you can engage in conversations with us and ask us questions. Yeah, but also mm-hmm. white folk, this is the white folk on the panel, um, stop trying to save people of color. No. Go work on our people. Mm-hmm. Like, talk to us. Talk to your racist uncle. Like, stop. It's like there's hundreds of years of history of white people trying to fix shit, but yeah. usually in their own interests. Mm-hmm. Also, yep. stop using the word ally. It's, <laughs> it just really bums me out. Like, we're not playing fucking a game of risk or something like that. I don't care what this is. Like, this, this We're not your allies, okay? Yeah. It's just, it's not working. Just be a human. Yeah. Woo! That was great. Yes. So, another thing that we are here to talk about today is queer intellectualism and sometimes queer elitism and what mm. what those things have to do with each other. We get a lot of emails, we get a lot of tweets. A lot of people say to me in person um, when they're like talking about how much they like your show, they're like, oh, I love your show. It's so great, but you guys are so smart. I just I'm feel so... I'm deeply dumb. This is deep. I'm deeply dumb. <laughs> but the thing I'm is, agreed, dumb. you are deeply dumb. deeply dumb. But a lot I'm of dumb. our listeners are like, I don't have this lexicon. I don't have the vocabulary to talk about queer theory, to talk about Judith Butler, to talk about all these different things that I had no idea I had any you know recollection to talk about about um sometimes that is a little they feel demeaned because of it they don't feel like good gay people because they don't have that kind of queer intellect and i think you know i just want to open it up to y'all like we are queer kind of highly intellectual podcast when we're not being absolute trash (laughs) um what is your relation to intellectualism i mean this is joe that's that's exactly i think what we're trying to do with the show right we actually all Tommy's not deeply dumb, that's a motherfucking lie. But we're all smart about super different things, and we mm-hmm. express it in super different ways. And what we want to do on this show is be trash 
and smart at the same time. And, and what that's actually trying to do is just invite folks in. And then if like, you, you didn't, no one ever has to read Judith Butler, but like if we talk about Judith Butler and you're like, oh, that sounds and interesting. it makes you curious. Then yeah. Then go read it, you know? So there's no, we don't want there to be any barrier to entry here. I, I'm in academia. I'm the only one here who is in academia. It's one of the things that's shit about it is that you there's huge barriers to entry and you have to have this like whole lexicon and language before you're allowed to say anything new. That's not, this pop culture culture bitch yeah you would say shit it's not fair and access to those resources is a privilege like we have to understand that like there's a certain brand of like queer intellectualism that can get us caught up in the process of like weaponizing that knowledge to a point where it can feel counterproductive to a movement so if you have someone at a gay bar that's like girl you didn't read like this Foucault whatever thingy like I I see I can't even intellectually say whatever example it is that I'm trying to say but if someone tries to tear you down just remember that like that's not really going to encourage the conversation at all I include myself in that group sometimes sometimes I'm that person and that sucks but like I really am that person sometimes the person who can tear someone down because they don't know something but queer intellect can be a great tool but it also can be utilized against other queer people and that's because you have clocked a certain number of hours researching a certain thing and that is a privilege so when you use that it's a kind of against someone it's kind of a cultural elitism that is in my opinion harmful it's polarizing it's classist it is deeply um excluding a whole conglomerate of queer folk that still need to be belong to this conversation you know mm-hmm. you know i'm just gonna say i'm gonna defend my dumbness i'm gonna say yeah <laughs> i'm gonna echo a quote by samuel l jackson in the movie jackie brown where he said yes! my ass may be dumb but i ain't no dumbass yeah. see i don't come go. from an intellectual background i am a i'm deeply dumb but i'm also smart i'm dumb exactly. like a fox you exactly. know what I mean? exactly. it's like exactly. you don't have to be, be wily um uh, you don't have to be that educated to be smart yeah and not and to mention, 100% I think a lot about, I was well, listening to a talk with ta Coates once, and he was saying, uh, someone asked him a question that he didn't know the answer to afterward. And he said, he said, you know what, when people get up on panels, it's really funny because more often than not, everyone's just pretending to know everything. Yeah, yeah, everyone yeah. Know, mm-hmm. pretends to know the answers to everything, every single thing. Let me tell you something. And by the way, ta is a MacArthur Genius Grant Award winner. Actual so genius. Actual <laughs> genius. But he says, let me tell you something. I know a lot about what I know. Mm-hmm. And that is the same for everyone. Yeah, yeah. and for me, it, there's Dennis. there's more that I don't know, <laughs> way more that I don't know than the things that I do know. And fun fact about Tanahasi, he is a MacArthur Genius Grant winner. He also did not graduate from Howard. Yeah, he, he didn't went to Howard, college, yeah. but he didn't graduate. And so it's important to remember again that academia yep. is not the is not the be all and end all to any of this. And there are many different roads that you can take. Hilton Owls, Harold Cruz, a lot of, uh, you know, intellectuals actually didn't finish mm-hmm. college. Mm-hmm. I think the one of the great ironies to me, of course, is that like postmodern theory, which ever, which has the hardest jargon to enter into, is also trying to say people's life experience is actually just as valuable. Like queer theory mm-hmm. grows out of like how queer folks live on the day to day and that exactly. that is our motherfucking yeah. education. Mm-hmm. And then they write these books with this really philosophical language to basically say like, oh, actually just being queer makes you a philosopher. So when, yeah, yeah, and I'm also just like, man, if you want to come at me with that shit just try writing three books in three years <laughs> exactly when you, you when you want to engage in an intellectual conversation don't challenge others yeah. challenge yeah. yourself challenge you're tearing uh, other people down you're just kind of creating a system of oppression that's not dissimilar to the very one we're trying to fight exactly. your daddy issues are showing yes <laughs> not to mention not to mention Food for Thought, this podcast is free, y'all. You can subscribe and you can partake in the brain food in, that you want every single week. Anytime and you want. the trash. Yes. We're here for the trash. Yes! <laughs>
All right, this is Tommy T's Pico, and I'm going to talk to you about ghosting. Now, of Ooh. course, ghosting is when you cease communication because you don't want to deal with the emotional fallout of a breakup conversation. But the way in which I could say, which, I mean, everyone has been ghosted on and everyone has it ghosted sucks. before. So let's, let's not pretend like we're holier than thou on this particular issue. But what I will say is the one argument I can see for ghosting is, you know, the, the way we often think about it is within the context of a relationship. Yep. And yes, skirting emotional responsibility in the context of a relationship is anathema. You should not be doing that shit. You're a punk ass bitch. <laughs> with an N. With an N. With an N. Binch. Um, but what do you do when it's not quite a relationship? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, you, when it's like in the infancy of something and it's just like, you know, you don't have anything left to say to that person. Yeah. And also, what if it's just that like by saying you don't want to talk to them anymore or that like, you know, it's, that it's a, almost condescending because it's almost like, well, it's not really a thing. So why would I break up with somebody if it's not a thing? That's my, mm-hmm. my question. Like in that mm-hmm. particular light where you're just like, you know, we're ships passing in the night. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think this is really going to work out. Like, do you, at, uh, apropos of nothing, then do you say like, I don't know. Friend. I think it's a case by case basis. I, th- I think about Esther Perel has an amazing like uh, uh, chart that describes that ghosting is a spectrum. It is. Um, yeah. it, it, it is. You know, sometimes benching someone, which is putting someone off the side and like texting them every three weeks let, with like a slight flirt or a slight hint that you might mm. still be interested in them. Benching can be worse than ghosting. It absolutely usually is a lot yeah, worse yeah. than ghosting. Yeah. And well, what you have to decipher is that there are certain ways you can exit that are, in my opinion, ethical and certain ways that aren't. And to me, benching is a form of an exit, but it's a prolonged exit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And if the person really likes you, it's per- particularly unethical. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. The thing I think is if there's a mutuality, like if you don't feel like the person likes you that much and you're ghosting one another, like <laughs> it's a reflexive verb. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. that's great. That's ideal. No one feels bad. Oh, no so one feels good. bad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, mutual yeah. ghosting. But like when you can tell the other person's super into you and you've gone on three or four dates, I don't feel bad. This is Joe. I don't feel bad about ghosting if we haven't met. Like so, if I fall off on commu- if we, if we've never met, that's not ghosting. <laughs> it, a, it could be text. There's textual ghosting, Fran, maybe. Fran knows because yeah. Fran will text people uh, months and months. Fran month is months, different right? because Fran don't meet up with half his lovers. <laughs> oh my god! I hate you. Fran, most of the time, he has sex by putting his phone on vibrate and putting it in, in his ass. Okay, and, and then text. First of all, let's yes. not knock yes. cyber sex because I love cyber sex. I also <laughs> love cyber sex. So much. It's not even funny. Two, I think it's it's worth noting, for me personally, I don't ghost people. Period. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I, I've done it once. I other than that, I do not believe in to me. If I have someone in my life that is expecting attention from me and I'm not right. going to give it to them, that is a loose end. Imagine if mm-hmm. you are wearing a jacket that is full of like little hairy strings that are like flying everywhere, and you're like, "What the fuck is like? What the fuck is wrong with your jacket?" It's just like I need to pluck all of those or yeah. tie the loose ends. And to me, having someone in my life that is still there that doesn't need to be there is a loose end, and I want to tie it. Um, messy Pisces, Osmondson. Um, I hate I hate conflict, and I don't mind loose ends, right? Um, but I also <laughs> is that your new Twitter bio? <laughs> that was a good slow burn. I like that one. Yeah. Um, so it is really hard for me not to ghost because I hate hurting people's feelings. But what I realized in my 30s is that it's actually way meaner yeah. to not just mean. say You just rip the band-aid off. To rip the band-aid off. Yeah. So, but I, I'm not great at it. I'm still working on it. It's yeah. one of the ways in where... In, in which I often fall short of my own standards for myself and I'm trying to grow up and do better. The thing yeah. is, like, when you actually um, tell somebody 
you've had one day, you know they're super excited and you're not super excited. And, and they say like, oh, when are we going to meet up again? And you just say, hey, I had a good time, but um, I don't think it's really working out. And I, you know, mm-hmm. they'll most times, nine times out of ten, they'll take it just fine. They'll be like, yeah. I'm sorry Seriously. about that. I'm upset. Yeah. Like, I didn't. I wish that yeah, wasn't yeah. happening or like, you know, that, that wasn't my best possible outcome or whatever. But they're not going to be like, oh! like a rage machine. Yeah. Like people, most of the time, if you act like an adult to them, they will act like an adult right. back to I them. I 100% the agree. The most adult thing you can do. I, yeah. Well, yeah, I'm like Fran. I don't ghost. Um, I used to, and then I got ghosted by someone I really liked, and after that I was like, this is bullshit, yep. I'm never doing it. And it's just a lot less emotional labor for the person that you would mm. be ghosting, yes, and yes, for yes. you, at the end of yeah. the day. Better it's a than- lot easier for everyone involved to just be straightforward and say, hey, I'm not feeling this. Everyone has heard that before, mm-hmm. so they're not gonna go, I mean, unless they're a psychopath, they're not gonna go crazy. Not to mention, is, like, ghosting and benching really that fun for you, the ghoster bencher? Like, is it fun right. to be like, oh, I'm too right. busy, and to, like, constantly evade whatever it is they're looking it's for from not. you? It's not. Be no. a goddamn adult. Adult. Yeah. Be an adult. Grownish. Hello, my queen bees. Looking for some extra honey to drizzle onto this conversation. I'm sorry. (laughs) If you want even more of our thought process, join us on Twitter. Get all up in our business. Wow. <laughs> and you can add us. You can talk amongst yourself. Uh, Joe will be there. My sister will be there. Crying. You know, <laughs> just like constantly getting all up in your mentions. Um, as always, uh, that's at food. The number four and thought spelled T H O T to find a nice little discussion topic at the top of our Twitter page. Yeah. Mm. I'm full, but I have the feeling like I could, I could fit one more thing inside of me. Dennis knows how I feel. Woo! So for our dessert today, Fran's got something scrumptious for you. That's right. So if y'all are dedicated listeners to the show, you know that um, due to a certain incident that involved an escape the room, um, <laughs> since then I have been complaining over and over again on the show that I really want to see Swan Lake, the ballet. Um, and recently, one of our fans slash listeners uh, emailed us and was like, hey, you actually can come to Philly and come see Swan Lake, fulfilling your lifelong dream of seeing Swan Lake. And then I I went. It's me. I went to Swan Lake and (laughs) it was beautiful. It's the beautiful of me. It's me. And it was was so good, you guys. So, um, so yeah, I I just want to, I mean, part of the reasons that I've loved Swan Lake for a really, really long time. I liked it before all y'all saw Black Swan, okay? Wait, how can you like something you've never seen? Uh, no, <laughs> as a, as an art form, like I uh, listened to the, I listened to Tchaikovsky music, over music, and over music. again. Okay. I would watch mm-hmm. videos online. I like yeah, looked yeah. at. I, I loved the Swan Princess, the Disney movie, the not Disney, the cartoon adaptation yeah, 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 yeah. of mm-hmm. the ballet. Um, tell it. Tell us about about the ballet itself. What does it <clears throat> entail? As a person who is in complete <laughs> ignorance of it, um, it's about. It's kind of silly, um, but uh, it's about a. Got a guy who falls in love with a swan, basically, mm-hmm. and relatable content. <laughs> I know, right? Um, the swan is also a princess that has been cursed to, in- yep. into, to turn into a swan every night. Oh, I thought you were going to say with a two-inch dick. I was like, uh, weird. <laughs> <laughs> he's betrothed, nope. um, and he, but and he's like being forced to marry someone who he doesn't want to marry mm. because he wants to fuck this swan. Um, <laughs> and it, it's kind of a. And he doesn't of- know the swan is a cursed woman. He just is just like. Uh. Uh. 
<laughs> look, look at that neck on her. I think, it's, <laughs> I think it's a little complicated and also up for interpretation because okay, it's okay, ballet. Okay. Um, but it's just a beautiful, super gay thing. And part of the reason that I fell in love with it is because of Matthew Bourne's uh, original um, adaptation of Swan Lake, which was uh, an adaptation that portrayed all of the almost all the characters as men and all the swans were men and they were all shirtless and they wore these like furry pants and it's a really beautiful um, dance and sport that has all of this homoeroticism under it. I love those ballet pants too because you see everything. Nothing hides. And (laughs) yeah, amazing butts in the show. Um, It truly is. But as as like a a queer piece of art, um, rather as an art, as a piece of art that I have now deemed as queer, (laughs) um, I am so grateful that I was able to see it and also just goes to show that you can get anything in you want in this life so long as you complain enough about it on social media <laughs> question are all ballet dancers bottoms no no, no unfortunately no, no, no. no. Okay. but they should be because i thought um, they were and that all drag queens were tops Whoa. most drag queens are I, tops yes but yeah. most ballet dancers are but I don't know that bottom. yeah I agreed just having... making sweeping generalizations <laughs> for yes, no goddamn yes. reason as dancers <laughs> are my sexuality I can affirm to you that they're so, so yeah. thank you so much Arturo Varela who um, invited me to come and to the tourism board of Philadelphia who hosted me This episode of Food for Thought is made possible by the generous, unequivocal support of Rosé and our partnership with Into, an online magazine for queer news and culture. Head to intomore.com each week for a quick missive from your pissy sissies. (laughs) (laughs) Our engineer is Alex Mead Fox at Spaceman Sound Studios, and our producer is that hot toddy in an unseasonably chilly spring day, Ah! Alexandra De Palma. Oh, she is. She just warms us from the inside out. That's right. I'm Tommy Teeves Pico. You can find my book, Junk, anywhere fine books are sold because it's out in the world now. It's pretty good. Uh, my name is Fran. You can find me at Fran Squish Co on Twitter and Instagram. And I am riding in a 545-mile bike race called the AIDS Life Cycle from San Francisco to Los Angeles. You can help me raise awareness and also dollars for the HIV-AIDS crisis. So yeah. click on the link in all of my social media bios and you can, you know, show me some love and uh, get to know the cause and, and get to know what I'm doing. And send balm for his thighs. His yes. chafing thighs. I need all the balm. <laughs> Wait, that's actually not a joke. If you want to send me balms, I will take that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Joseph Osmondson. You can find me at www.josephosmondson.com. And I'm Dennis Norris II, and you can find me at www.dennisnorrisii.com, where you can order copies of my chapbook. Yay! You can listen to Food for Thought on Apple Podcasts or wherever you download golden audio goodness. Subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. Like, seriously, no one's left us a glowing review in forever, and it's making everyone but me insecure. (laughs) (laughs) Find us on Twitter and Facebook as Food for Thought Pod, and on Instagram as Gay Sluts Who Read. Sign up for our newsletter for episode insights, reading lists, and... uh... Extra delectable content at foodforthoughtpodcast.com. And finally, send your questions, thoughts, concerns, and dick pics to thoughts at foodforthoughtpodcast.com. As always, that's food, the number four, and thoughts about how. T H O T. See you next week. Bye, y'all. Have we talked about your guys' drag names? Vaseline Dion. Oh my god. I've had that, like, I've had that in my head since high school. Is it yours? Cookie cut a bish? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh. Cookie cut.
had a bitch. <laughs> oh, damn it. Joe, what about Maybe you? I don't have one. You're I'm just, not, just like, I'm, not I'm sad. Bro, <laughs> I'm just ho. <laughs> With like the, the Eeyore face. Just the Eeyore face. I mean, my face is constantly the Eeyore face. Ladies and gentlemen, people, please welcome to the stage. Ho. <laughs> it, just ho. Just ho. Just ho. Just ho. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.